Retro Rebels brought to you by Temple of Geek, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at templeofgeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast. We discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me as always is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. So I say Fridays, and I often joke about that since it's, you know, one you know once of every blue moon this year has been a, a sporadic uh but next year you know hopefully it'll be a little bit better but it's it's quality over quantity is what it is you know that's what that's, i tell that's myself how I'm, that's how i'm looking at it uh, <laughs> positive spin on that so uh but anyway so what have you been up to what have you been playing uh well uh i have an annual subscription now to board game arena which is a, a platform providing digitization of some of your favorite modern board games. So um, King of Tokyo is a particular favorite. I play Inkin Gold, Love Letter, um, Flux, Six Nymph. Um, there's, there's basically like Skull, like all sorts of modern, like more newer board games are on there and it's a big online community and you can play with people all over the world or you can just play with your friends if you want to and you just play from your mobile devices or desktop and for 22 bucks a year pretty good um you don't right. have to pay to access it but if you want to run your own tables then for the most part you do need to pay um, ah okay which is, you know, you kind of do want the ability to run your own tables instead of just jumping into one because it's sort of hard to coordinate if you want to play with the same people all getting on the same table. So um, right. I've been doing that. I've been playing D&D twice a week. This upcoming Saturday, I will be dungeon mastering my first game. So I am very, uh, I've, I've overdone it. If, if you could see the preparation, there's a whole backpack just for this one shot game. It's got to be that way. You know, I bought uh, I bought the maybe fourth edition book set with the bestiary, the the dungeon master book. Uh, it's got four books in it, I think. And and I bought it all because more than likely I'm never going to do all of this and I'll never run my own dungeon. However, I've always been it. I've always been. Uh, a fan i've always wanted to i've always wanted to play i've never gotten to play dungeons and dragons i've never done it i've played a, a the marvel comics version of it i played that when i was in high school uh but just had never gotten into or didn't really know anybody that ran those games so that sounds like something i would like to do yeah it's i'm i'm pretty excited about it it's a uh it's a lock-in in a pub it's a one-shot little micro adventure um and it's a mild horror adventure um and it takes place it, it's a um it's not a wizards of the is wizards of the coast is that who makes it yeah. uh, not it's not one of their adventures it's made by um people called critical hit um oh yeah but it's it's real well done for somebody who is a very experienced player but total novice dungeon master i felt like i got enough information in the book 
to be able to piece together the bits. And then basically I just printed out my old pregens, printed out all the monsters, you know, just to do as much preparation in advance, print out the maps and then cut little pieces of paper to cover the little rooms so that I can unveil it one at a time instead of just all at once, you know? Um, right. So I, I sort of um, I sort of went a bit extra with it. And then on top of that, I have been playing some video games, like traditional video games as well. Um, I played a game called Gang Beasts. Have you seen that? I did. I downloaded it, uh, but I had not played it, though. It is, it is not for me. I don't like goofy physics. It's not for me. But people who liked Fall Guys, I feel like this is a natural next step it is a goofy character little pill boy goofy physics brawler um and you you don't have you're just punching and then picking people up and then throwing them off of things it's like sort of wrestling but with tiny little pill boys uh with, right. with the guys. um it's it it was amusing but it's not really the sort of thing that i get excited about like i played a couple rounds right. i was like oh i see what this is and uh, i'm bored now um, but I did try out Darksiders 3. Now, this is a game that is for me. Um, right. I, the story, awesome. The attitude of the characters, the artwork, the monsters. However, I am and I've always been trash at jumping puzzles. And there was only a matter of time before I was going to get frustrated with the whole concept. Uh, it's a shame because there's like there is nothing that I wouldn't like about this game. It's just that the jumping puzzles are an unavoidable part of it, even on the easiest mode, which I thought was like just going to be pure story. No, it's it's a part of boss fights and everything. And this just really isn't for me. I don't enjoy it. It sort of stresses me out because um, there's like a timer and the boss is going to hit you and you only have so many health potions and you've got to get up to a higher level to reach it. I that, that, that was a bit, but the artwork, the story looks very interesting. I think what I might do is just go watch a playthrough on YouTube. You know, you watch somebody that's better at it than me because the story really looks good. And, and it's so rare to have a really well done female protagonist. And, and she felt really well done. What's her um, name in that? She is, she's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. She, but it's she's not, not famine. It's. I can't remember which one. Wrath. 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 Okay. Yeah. It was good. She so was I good. Played... She had the right attitude. It was really nice. But yeah, I'm probably not going to finish it. It's it's just a bit too stressful for how I like to play. <laughs> well, um, man, it's really, I think it's been two months since we recorded last anyway. And uh, at least. And uh, so in that time, I have played a lot of games. Not all of them came out this year. Uh, so... You know, I, when I was making my list of games I had played, um, most of them weren't from this year. You know, I did have a similar issue with Jedi Fallen Order, where I got to a point where there was a jumping puzzle, a, a timing puzzle, that um, because of whatever reasons, that game has some glitches in it anyway. But uh, I don't know if this is one of them. And I'm far enough along, about two thirds of the way through the game. And so I know ultimately where you get to, I didn't have much more to go. Um, but this puzzle and, and there are no enemies around. It's like I'm just sitting there trying to figure it out. And it has I've been stuck at it long enough that I just haven't decided to go back to it. Like, I don't I don't want to. I haven't looked. Eh, I think I watched a YouTube video on how to f how to get past that part. 
which is what I normally try to do. Even when game facts was a thing, I would only go and read enough to get past the part that I needed to go and then, and then I move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That way I was, in, you know, I didn't need the walkthrough for the whole thing. Just, you know, for part <laughs> you know that there was that game, the Turing test, which. Yeah. I was just so interested in the subject manager, the subject matter, but I'm so bad at puzzles. I did a, I used a walkthrough for the whole thing, but the story was so good. I just didn't, I didn't care about the puzzly bit. I just wanted to experience the story firsthand instead of watching right. somebody else play it. Um, right. and, and so, yeah, that's, that's probably one of the only games that I have walked through the whole thing. Right. Well, and I watched a, I watched like a six hour walkthrough or so at least of uh, the uh, Wolfenstein. And because I really liked Wolfenstein, but I, I got stuck on a part and I was like, well, I'll just watch the rest of it. Great story. I really enjoyed it. Would have liked to have gotten to see that, uh, experienced it, but nonetheless, the story was great. So, <laughs> well, so I did that. I played that game. Um, I also played, uh, you know, some, I played some more Miles Morales, Hades, Psychonauts. Um, and then there are a couple other games I play, but I'm not going to name them until we do our award stuff because I don't want to, I don't want to talk about them twice, but one that I played that I really enjoyed, that was an indie game. That's just quirky. It's different. It's got an, it's got an incredible voice cast. Uh, it's not a game that you can lose. It's almost, it's almost like, um, uh, not oxen free, but what's the one where they're in hell and they, uh, Oh, I didn't enjoy that game, but you really liked it. I liked it, but it's again, it was a it's an acquired taste. Uh, this one is real artsy. It's called uh, Artful Escape, and so you are uh, you're this teenager or high school kid that plays the guitar. You're a prodigy on the guitar, and you um, that's really your weapon, so to speak. After your party, everything. that's the one. After, after party. party, yeah. And so this is called Artful Escape, and the and the dialogue is similar. You know, it's it's kind of witty, um, it's funny. It, uh, the like I said, it's got a it's got a great voice cast. Like big name actors did the voices in Artful Escape, uh, and you'll recognize the voices when you hear them. But like to everything you do is powered by the music that comes from your guitar, and so the lights in the area you create bridges with it. You know, it's it uh yeah, it opens it, up doors. That sort of reminds me of School of Rock a little bit. Have you ever played it's that? It's a lot like that. It's it, it, in a way. I mean, you I and, thought it and was the, good. Like Yeah. I think I think this is a game that would be enjoyable cuz you can play it. It's not a real long game. Uh so you can play it in passing. Uh it's not real stressful. Uh there aren't like a whole lot of real difficult puzzles or anything like that. I love that we've gotten um, to the age that like, if a game stresses us out, we're like, nah, bro. You're like, <laughs> nah, not today. I, I got too much going on, man. I don't, I don't want to have to. Yeah. I'm out. Like I came here to game. relax. I'm going back to Netflix. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Cause the games that I used to love that are stressful and are really time consuming. I just don't do it anymore. I don't have time. Have Life you uh, have you maintained your abstinence from World of Warcraft or have I we resubscribed? Have. Wow. I have maintained. Now I keep up with all the lore. I keep up with all the updates. Um, I follow all the channels that still talk about the game and what's happening and what's changing. I have two characters that are max level anyway. So if they ever did come out with another expansion I wanted to play, I might come back. 
but I've been following the Blizzard story pretty closely. Um, there's a lot of turmoil in Activision Blizzard right now, and uh, with walkouts and Bobby Kotick on the hot seat, I, you know, I'm anxious to see how they decide to change things because some things they have changed for the better, and, and they are working on in this next patch, 9.2. Um, but uh, some of it is still that greedy. Uh, you know all of the all the tropes of MMOs where they're they're uh, you know the the gated material the gated uh, content that requires a week's worth of grinding and and uh, logging in daily and all the stuff that they they used to do but now has turned into um, time sync stuff that they they didn't they didn't used to have stuff in there just for the sake they're trying out some new stuff where. Uh, it's just cosmetic and it has nothing to do with how, how hard you grind and, and whether or not you do these things that it's going to give you, you know, more powerful armor or whatever. That's kind of unheard of in world of Warcraft where you're just doing this for cosmetic for, for, uh, you know, for bragging rights, I guess, so to speak more than anything else. Uh, there, there aren't any like in game benefits necessarily from it. And to me, that's the kind of stuff I would do. And I think that's the majority of the, of the players. I think there's a small, very vocal subsection of the players that uh, they are really into the in-game stuff. So much so that they want to get as powerful, have the best armor, have all that stuff. The elite of the, you know, the elite mm. is usually a much smaller portion, but they happen to be the loudest portion of the population. So. I well, don't know what's the going to happen. They're interacting directly. Like, you know, to, to be right. fair, when I used to play City of Villains, City of Heroes, you know, I was friends with the community moderator who worked internally for Cryptic Studios. So that that direct connection meant that issues that I had, um, you know, that direct connection with uh, the moderator internally meant that the issues that I had got addressed. Whereas people that aren't friends with somebody who works at the studio, you know, they don't get to raise their issues directly. They don't get to be heard. Um, but being, you know, running a fairly powerful guild, being very vocal on the forums, you know, it was sort of her role to get close with those sort of higher, more influential elite players. players yeah. And I feel like the elite tier people. Hmm? Sorry? Oh, I, I was saying elite players. It's breaking up a little bit, so that's why I couldn't I couldn't tell. Oh, sorry. I was like, just saying, like, I think that the elite players, the internal studio teams have an interest in knowing them on a more personal level because they're so influential and their voice sort of carries. So that's probably why the things they want happen, very right. the things that maybe the majority want. <laughs> Not necessarily. The majority is quiet usually. You know, they just go along with it. Right. And that's unfortunate. I mean, that's just unfortunate. Uh, the majority of the population doesn't care about uh, or, you know, or can't. Like, I don't even get how you can spend as much time as they do anymore grinding. You know, you can't do anything else. Uh, I've, I've tried it. I mean, two hours of gameplay on World of Warcraft gets you nowhere. So... Uh, but so th that's kind of why my gaming tastes have changed. I love the genre. I love to play. It's just, uh, maybe I've passed that point. <laughs> we'll see. 
We'll see. Next, next expansion, we'll see. <laughs> I think we you know? might all have. <laughs> so uh, that you're, old you're probably that right. you've been playing in this Artful downtime? Escape. Artful Escape is the is the one game I wanted to discuss now. Uh, I have been playing two others that I want to talk about uh, during the awards. Though, so. All right. We'll save it for then. So yeah. do you have so, any gaming news? News. I do. Uh, I've got... Uh, I had a lot when if thinking we were going to do this, uh, maybe record earlier in the month or last month, but unfortunately we did not. So uh, a lot of that news is old news at this point, but I did want to talk about this idea uh, that PlayStation is proposing. So PlayStation is planning on revealing or releasing a similar uh, Game Pass style. Uh, I guess it's it's just I guess it'll be another uh, on their their uh, PlayStation um, operating system. So whenever you get your PlayStation, you'll have so it'll be different or separate from uh, the PlayStation Now. It'll be separate from that. Uh, and so uh, what the article and I'm reading this on extreme tech, but I think it's being reported from a couple other uh, Bloomberg, a number of other. But basically, uh, they're looking to release an updated game subscription service similar to Game Pass. Uh, Sony plans to overhaul their entire PlayStation subscription service. So not only the the online subscription service, but the PlayStation now. So PlayStation Plus and now and create one service from both of those. Um, the new service is codenamed Spartacus and uh, is expected to arrive in spring of 2022. Um, first tier, so it will have multiple tiers, including benefits current PlayStation Plus owners or subscribers would receive. Middle tier will add a large number of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. And then finally, the third and most likely the most expensive tier uh, is going to offer PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, even PlayStation 1 games. What this sounds oh, wow. like to me, what it, well, but what it sounds like to me is if they're not going to make those first two cheaper than what they already charge, then all of this is trash, uh, in my opinion. If they're not, because right now you can get all of that stuff. You can get all that stuff for the price that, that you're currently paying, which ends up being about 75, well, 60 bucks a year for PlayStation Plus and then the 15 bucks a month for the other. Uh, so however that breaks down over the course of months, if it's 16 bucks or 17 bucks a month uh, or something like that, or 20 bucks a month for the highest tier, something like that. I don't know. Then it might even out. But right now with PlayStation Now, I can play almost all those PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games. Uh, unless so they're going to release the entire bucks a month is what you're spending now. Right. Right. And so if they do, if they do something like this, but uh, it's about the same price. And now instead of it being a yearly deal, it's a monthly deal. So you don't have to pay two payments. It's just one payment. Well, then that's maybe not as bad. Then I can cancel it at any time. And my initial investment is much less. That yeah. seems like a good deal. I just can't put it past companies to not do something that's good for us. So for me to believe that they actually are doing something that would be good for us, I, I'm just having a hard time buying that. Uh, we'll get, I guess we'll see. But it is something I would be interested in because I have both services right now. It's really how I get to play the majority of my games uh, because I don't want to buy them. Uh, most of them, to me, don't warrant a purchase. Uh, 
Uh, and so this is how I'm trying to support him as best I can. Uh, I am really trying to learn, Amanda, not to just buy games just because. Well, what uh, did I've only we been learn burned... from last year? We'll discuss what that have we... today. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is true. Uh, no, I think, that, well, I think they need to compete. There have been several news stories about people finally getting their hands on PS5 and then admitting that Xbox actually has a stronger product with Game Pass and that because there are no games worth playing on the PS5 that take, you know, really good control of its power, that it's actually not worth the purchase at the moment. So maybe right, this will make things different. Agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so... It's all said and done. Uh, I guess we'll see, but hopefully that is the case, and and uh, and I guess we'll we'll know next year if that's the case. So, well, that's all the news I had. You had some news, and I'm anxious to hear what this is. I do. So, a little tiny bit of news. Just Amazon Web Services crashed for a huge portion of yesterday. It took down Uplay, it took down the Epic Game Stores, it messed up Bethesda, it took down League of Legends, Pudgy, Class of Clans, Destiny 2, because wow. Amazon Web Services um, fuels over 90% of the biggest games, you know, software as a service, that, that games that exist, when they went down, it basically took all of gaming offline for the most part, you know, anybody that plays, you know, games as a service titles went went down or experienced really severe um, lag issues and things like that. So I just think with um, all the outages of Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and, and those sort of things that have been happening in the last year, perhaps we don't have the infrastructure to support games as a service. If Amazon Web Services and Facebook can't keep the lights on 24 hours a day and they have the largest pool of resources pretty much on the planet you know perhaps we are really taxing the edge of our capabilities in terms of these like always on services um what is the purpose of an always on service like what what what's the real purpose i don't know i mean when it when it comes to i guess gaming it's that sort of log in and access a community and entertainment at all times, you know, with that social component. Some people are very drawn to that. Um, but more often than not, it, it probably enables generally unhealthy habits, if I'm being honest. Well, and then it, it gives and, and I go back to the, the rebellion part of me that says this gives too much power to someone uh, else for for a service or a product that I've purchased, you know, so I am really at their mercy for everything, you know, when yeah, I'm done, I mean, you hate that sort of thing. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. And so for me, all this does is prove and I agree with you 100% or at least with the idea that we do not have the infrastructure to to power games as a service on a large scale. We just don't. We don't. And or you'll have to change the model where you do something like Warcraft does and has instilled in the population for decades uh, that are not de well, almost decades now with World of Warcraft is that you've got uh, a community that understands that Tuesday for four hours, you can't play your game. It's got to it's got to go through maintenance. But not every game does that necessarily or they try to do it and there's no good time to do it. But if you've got a set 
time, I know that on Tuesday morning, I can't do anything because that's yeah. when the patches are being uploaded and everything else. So uh, if you did something like that, maybe it would be more tolerable or palatable. Uh, and then you still get the community because that is one thing I enjoyed is having actual people involved in the game at the same time you are. I mean, I think that's cool. Uh, but I don't like single player experiences that have to be tied to the network for me to even boot it up and, and log in. And and that's, I think what I have a bigger problem with is, is games that I've purchased that are worthless without uh, an internet connection to verify. You know, if I bought the game and I got it verified and I've registered it and let me play my game, you know, and uh, those type of, arrangements and setups just don't allow you to do it well frustrating if you're not a fan of digital things that are worthless boy (laughs) you're gonna hate this next story (laughs) i just mock everyone that buys it yeah so the 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 quote that i took out for our excerpt really made me laugh because pc gamer said um, so so uh ubisoft has announced nfts are now available in gaming And PC Gamer says, the language around this thing is tailor-made to raise your hackles. Be unique. Control. Play. The beta of Ubisoft Courts, the first playable NFTs designed by the Ubisoft Strategic Innovation Lab, is coming to Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Then they said, like, while it is technically true that these are unique items, um, it's a very weak concept. So essentially... They the announcement has now reached a 95% discount dislike rate. Um, they've taken it down off YouTube as a result. Um, for sure, they they uh are essentially just giving you in exchange for your non fungible token payment, you get a hat, just one, and the only difference between Is your it a hat, digital hat. It is a digital hat. Yes, it's not real hat. It's a hat for your avatar in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And your hat has a tiny, barely legible number to distinguish it from every other identical hat with just a different number. I am speechless. That It's literally not unique. Like right. they're saying, they're saying, I suppose it is technically true that numbering items makes them unique, but this does seem like a rather weak pitch limited edition cosmetics. It's super weak. Like if I don't know how much they're going to cost and it really doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't a non fungible token, in my opinion, the way I understood it is it's supposed to be a completely unique, non reproducible eh, um, piece of, of art. Now, if they had say, 2,000 completely different and unique hats, totally different, and that was the only way to get hats on your character or whatever, that might be a different story. But this seems quite unique. Now, uh, it seems quite lame, but what um, PC Gamer does say was that this sort of creates the opportunity for companies with more than one IP to allow you to purchase cross-platform cosmetics. Which right. that I don't hate the idea of because there there has it's sort of funny that your character name is the same in every game, like your gamer tags the same in every game, but you take nothing else with you from game to game. Right. That don't, don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really hate 
the idea that you could buy a cosmetic item that then applies to every title by a single manuf manufacturer, that's actually kind of dope. Um, right, right. I don't, I don't hate that, but I don't know I mean, how I do, you feel about I don't a hat hate it as with much. a tiny number. <laughs> I think it's all so stupid. I think, uh, I think NFTs, there's a really good, uh, it's a really funny, um, I guess it's a cracked video that that goes into NFTs and explains them in a condescending way. It's it's just really funny to me. I love that. I love crack though. They're so good. Yeah, they were, it was good. It's really good. And and uh, but anyway, they they're making fun of NFTs and uh, how how absurd the idea is to to give give actual money. Like the only thing that would be more absurd is if you were paying. The only way it would be worth it to me is if I had digital currency that is also about as worthless as an NFT, like a Bitcoin or a Do Dogecoin. So I had a Dogecoin that I was going to I was going to trade for an NFT and I didn't buy any of the Dogecoin. Then it would be worth it to me to trade an imaginary an imaginary currency for an imaginary picture. I think all that would be fair. That would be that would be I the mean, only way I think it would be make sense. The the funny thing that I think about NFTs is NFTs are basically cosmetic microtransactions that we've always right. had, except now you have the only one technically. Right. But like by right. number alone. Like it it is not a limited run, let's be honest, right. because they could add numbers to that to meet all required demand. And I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would never tell you how many they've made. Um, I don't just know. Say it it's just a seems, limited it number, seems you know? sort of, it seems sort of, it seems like what we've had before, but just now suddenly worse. <laughs> oh, yes. I would agree with that. I think that's absolutely, that's the best way to say it. it's what we used to have, but they figured out a way to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> they Fair. just made it worse. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So, so this is definitely bad. Um, but you know, the easy fix to me is don't buy it. Just don't buy them. If you, if we'll stop buying them, then they, then they'll have to find another way to try to dupe you and they will. But if we can figure it out and, and maybe eventually they'll be somewhat honest and just try to get back to making games that are fun and perks that are cool. Uh, I mean, luck would of, be a fine thing. Right. But, you know, that's none of that is going to happen, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, it's what and I thought about this. I had this really uh, I had this kind of aha moment over last month, really, uh, how much I actually really enjoy indie games because of short duration. Usually that's where the good stories are being told. Uh, lots of really the innovation or the innovative uh, game mechanics and design is happening there. And so the stuff that I always enjoyed about games, the quirkiness, the, uh, you know, the simplicity, the ability to play it whenever I want to, uh, all of these things are good and things that I really enjoyed about gaming and kind of why I'm drawn, I think, to the indie games now more so than anything else. So, um, but yeah, so that's interesting news. I guess we'll see how that continues to go. Don't buy NFTs if you can help it or do. I guess it doesn't really hurt me. It's not going to keep me from buying groceries. I just think it's silly <laughs> for those of you out there that are buying them. I've got yeah. friends that have some. I'm like, yeah. more power to you. 
No, it's it's not for me. Um, Hope you make well, money. That, off that's, of it. that's it. So that brings us to our main topic, which is yes. of course the best yes. and worst games of 2021. A year <sighs> with very few entrants. In fact, I would be surprised if this wasn't the weakest year for gaming since gaming. Like I, you know, honestly, and I've seen I haven't I haven't seen a lot of award shows being uh, publicized because. I don't know. Maybe there's just not a lot to publicize. Uh, but honestly, I mean, every year that we've done this, we normally have categories and we've got multiple good and bad games. And and uh, but I was looking through the game releases just because there were some games I wanted to put on this list that actually weren't released this year. So I was trying to find the actual timing of all of them and make sure I was doing that right. And as I went through, I was like, man, this game was 2020, 2020, 2020. All these games were released in 2020 that I was listing and that I had played. Which is fine, and we could give them an award anyway because I hadn't played it till now. Uh, but it was really hard to find a list. I, I don't think I could find a list personally. I, others out there might. I couldn't find a list of ten games that I would recommend to people, like ten that were released this year. Uh, but uh, I did. There were some good ones, though. There were some really good games that I played. Um, I don't know that they were up there with the best that uh, of any games that I've ever played, but they were good. They were quality games that I would recommend others to play so there we did at least have that and i could probably give us i think i've got five i've got five so i didn't have 10 but i do have at least five excellent well shall we start off with the bad so we can end on a high note yeah absolutely let's do that because i have a lot to say about this one anyway so all right well um i'll go first because we've already mentioned it um my pick for one of the worst games of the year is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And not for the reasons that you would think. I know. Um, it, not for the reasons that you would think. I actually didn't find the puzzles in that too terribly hard. I mean, the wall jumping I wasn't a super huge fan of. But the rest of it was okay. And the combat was fun or whatever. It's just the kid, the ginger kid who is the lead actor you know, that they used for all the capture and the voice and everything is from the U.S. TV show Shameless, whose character I really don't like in that show, and I could not uncouple him from that and enjoy him in the Star Wars universe. It just, every time his face was on the screen, every time I heard his voice, it just took me out of it. I was unable to immerse in the game at any point, and I think I'm still only like 10% finished. I've never gone back to it. You know, it, it just started to, yeah, it just started to bug me at a certain point, and I've I've removed it from the hard drive now, so I never will. Man, and I've bought it twice. Um, <laughs> you should have just mine was free Game Pass. <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't have I couldn't get to my Game Pass. I didn't have an Xbox uh, Series S yet, so um, I'll probably go back to it. I just I did enjoy it, um, but uh, I but I don't I've never watched Shameless, so I don't know. I don't have that nah. reference. Um. For me, the the worst game of this year is a game that was released this year that was hyped up in January. If you go back and listen, you'll get to hear me, uh, you know, wax poetic about how I wanted to play this game. And uh, when I did, I was just disappointed. It just did not live up to uh, my expectations nor the expectations they kind of presented uh, in the advertising. And that is Biomute. Um, I I did not play more than two hours of this game. Uh, I started it. I built my. I spent almost as much time building my character as I did playing the game. 
Which isn't, that's bad. No, in the way you cut it, that's bad. That's not good. Doesn't say a lot. And in the, in the game creation or the creation of your character, uh, is, is interesting. And the, and the mechanic of your, your, uh, main character adapting based on the way you play the game is an interesting concept. So that in and of itself is cool. Um, the art style was very cool, but it was, it was ultimately extremely repetitive. Um, the dialogue and the overall, the the overarching story is not very good. I feel like what happened was a lot of time was spent on game design mechanics. And those things are great. The weapons are great. The the way that your character evolves and adapts based on the way you play the game, I think that's great. The story is very is lacking, and and uh, overall, even though the mechanics are cool, gameplay was ultimately very repetitive, disappointingly repetitive, and boring. You know, the game ended up being really boring. Um, and so I was like, man, this is definitely not. I'm I was sad. I was disappointed. <laughs> the game could have been so much better. And ended up not being, and uh, yeah, and it was. It's been the last game I paid for, uh, full price, sight unseen. You've got so, it, yeah. I'm glad that we've stopped doing that. <laughs> and that was in May, so I bought it when it came out in May. Very disappointed, sad face. Won't do it again. <laughs> you know what? I've just realized from this list, not a single one of these things came out in 2021. But nothing I was interested in came out for Xbox in 2021. So uh, with the exception of Back for Blood, which I haven't played yet. So, you know, it, it every time I go to play it, it needs a huge update and I can never get to play it. <laughs> right. I downloaded it months ago and uh, I still can't play it. Um, so I think the obvious worst one for me, and I probably even said it in our award show last year, but it, it's worth repeating because I think it scarred me for life. And that is Cyberpunk 2077, the game that's like pretty much that keeps fine. on sucking. Keeps yeah, on it's sucking. fine until the end. And then the end is so bad that you're just like, no, you know what? Those bugs did bother me. And you know what? This whole thing bothered me and I've had enough and I want a refund and this is ridiculous. And, yeah. you know, and you know, it keeps coming back to haunt us the more we find, you know, that the developers knew about how many bugs they were and they made a gag reel and thought it was hilarious and released it on social media thinking we would all laugh along. No, it isn't funny. Like, like we all know that you re- rushed this product and you released it and you knew it was trash because you've now made this video. Now, have you, know? you followed, did you go back and follow how, uh, the evolution of that game changed? No, I didn't. What happened? Okay. So, um, so another piece of news sort of, uh, is, you know, G4 TV is back. So anybody that's kind of in my wheelhouse age wise or, you know, <laughs> within 10 years, either way, yeah, G4. Uh, probably watch Tech TV or uh, G4 TV. X Play was something I watched from the beginning. I loved X Play. I watched every episode. It was one of those yeah. shows that I would try to find because it was difficult to find. It kept yeah. switching networks, and so it was hard to find. But Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, two people that I that I uh, had high respect for. I thought they were super funny. The show was great. Back on now, they're back on YouTube. Uh, and they have all those shows and a lot of the people that originally were there have returned. And so that's cool. And, uh, if you're, if you were ever interested in that, um, 
then I would uh, highly recommend it. You can find it on on uh, YouTube right now. But X Play was the show that did all of their game reviews and things like that. And and Adam Sessler would always give them a grade. Her or him or or uh, he or Morgan Webb. And since he's back, he did a he did two videos actually on Cyberpunk. And one of them he did kind of like a deep dive on the bugs first of all, and then on kind of a little bit on the history. And what that what they did originally is whoever was the director of game design had uh, they were doing a Witcher style game where it was third person. You got to see your character. That was one of the biggest complaints is people making spending all this time on character creation and then you never see your character again. You know, it doesn't matter what you put on your character. You only see it in the menu and then you never see him again. Well, they did all of that with the character creation because you were going to get to see your character. Then the directors changed and they had to overhaul everything. They right. had to make it a, from a third person to a first person, which which shows it's shown. You can see it in the first act with, um, oh, what's your what's your best friend that you meet or uh, the chunky guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, with all the spoilery uh, material you could Is say about Jamie. No, I've just made that up. I it think. starts with a J, I thought. You know, maybe <laughs> I can't anyway, spoiler alert, something happens to that character um, in the first act. And then after that, everything's kind of on rails. You know, it's like, uh, it yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you picked, what what area of the world you decided to come from. Everybody's on the same path at the end. Um, and that was the biggest knock is that the story just seemed like it was rushed at the end. Because all the all the interesting stuff happens in the side quests, you know, and those are probably things that were developed and written first, like or along the way. And so you've got all these really or and and probably by different teams, you know, you have different teams writing these side quests. And so if you do it that way, not everybody's necessarily on the same page and the quality is going to be hit or miss on, on these things and rushing it just didn't help. Yeah, uh, I did think a lot of the side quests were better than the main story. Right. Like I did I did pretty much all of the side quests that were possible except uh, the car. In fact, I did. I did all of the side quests I was served except for the car racing. And I, I just fucking hate that. So, <laughs> OK, <laughs> it was that is correct. Happen. That was one of the things that they argued about, too, is that just the, the vehicle sections of the game were trash. The ve- you know, Listen, so. once I realized that motorcycle is the way to go motorcycle is the only way to go it's the only way you can see you know like the with the motorcycle it's third it's third person so you can see where you're going you can see who's coming up it accelerates really quickly you can get out of do you know like the motorcycle once i realized how easy it was to ride forget it i never got in a car again if i could avoid it well you know which is funny because in almost every other game the motorcycle is the one way that you will die most likely if you get on it so well i was you know (laughs) ironically i'm a safe driver in video games embarrassingly enough just because i know like it's pretty easy to lose progression on a character just because you died in a car accident like that sucks so i don't want that to happen yeah no i mean once i realized motorcycle and the mantis blades like that once you have those things forget it forget game over like it, it it was so easy after that point it was great but 
the the endings just so rushed like it actually insulted my intelligence and i don't think i'm gonna forget it for a while and no game that i've played in the last five years has been worse than that so like maybe that says a lot yeah that says a lot i you know it's not on my list i guess primarily because it came out last year but right at the end of the year um did you even finish it though have you oh no no no. oh yeah i haven't even turned it on i don't think since i since I turned it off the last time, so how much money have you spent on games that you just turn off? In the last two years or ever, I, I don't know. Oh, listen, let's not, yeah, let's not try to calculate. Let's ever. say it's probably around 180 bucks minimum the last Ooh, two years. So spicy. yeah. Well, that that's. Do you have any more picks for worst? No, that's it. I'm. I'm. That's as depressing as I want to get. All right. Well, let's focus on best now. Let's focus on best. Yay. Yay! So I Yay. mine are not from this year. I'm really sorry, but I did play them this year, so I'm going with it. Um, my first one is sort of off the wall. It's Two Point Hospital. Uh, okay. It's it's sort of a stupid little game. Like it's it's basically Farmville for hospitals. You know, it's a bit deeper than that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was relaxing. It was a bit cheeky. The puzzles made sense. The menus were pretty easy to navigate. You know, like the colors were bright. The little characters did things that were amusing from time to time. You know, the concept was quite tongue in cheek. Like there was there was there's nothing to hate about the game. And once you did get bored of it, you didn't feel bad walking away from it because it's very like episodic, you know, like they're just little challenges. The challenges are all sort of like each other and they just get harder. And at some point you're like, well, that's enough for me. Thanks for the fun. I'll see you later. Out of all the games I played, it was easily the most relaxing one for sure. Okay. Well, I, you did, you spoke highly of it uh, when you first played it. And so I could definitely see that's a, it's a game on my to-do list on my play to playlist. I just hadn't done it yet. And I downloaded a, a ton of games. I just hadn't got to play yet. Um, but uh, one that I actually played yesterday uh, that I had watched. Jesse Cox is a, you know another YouTube personality, and that has uh, recorded an entire walkthrough of this game. And uh, that was how I was first exposed to it. I was like, I'm not really sure about it. The the thumbnail that he had selected, they know what they're doing. So the thumbnail he selected is what drew me in and I clicked on it and then I started watching it. And I was like, very interesting. So it's a card game. It's, it's called inscription. I don't know if you've seen it or played it. Okay. No. It's a, it's a card game. Uh, and you, man, it's so hard to explain. So basically you get, you get these cards and they're animals and the animals for you to use certain animals and or to play certain cards, you have to sacrifice an animal. So you have to play an animal, then you sacrifice an animal, and that means you've got one sacrifice, and I can play cards that, that require one sacrifice. For me to be able to play cards with two sacrifices, same thing. You know, I have to sacrifice two animals to get that one out there. And subsequent sacrifices, if it requires two or three, the more sacrifices, the more powerful the card. When you do that, and there are, you can also, at the end of a match, once you've, uh, and so, okay, so how you how you actually win is you put all your cards out there, and as long as there's nothing, no card placed in front of your card, when it's your turn to attack, your card directly goes to the other player. If you have a card in the way, kind of like other games, you it will automatically block that one. 
you've got flyers, you've got burrowers, you've got other things that can kind of bypass that stuff. Um, but ultimately, when you hit the other character, you have this scale. And uh, for every hit point you get, it drops a few pieces. Uh, actually, I think it's teeth. It puts teeth in the scale. Uh, five teeth and you win. Five of their teeth. But if they hit you, then they pull it out and it changes the balance and it goes back the other way. So say, for instance, I hit him for four. I've got four teeth in mine and it swung all the way over and I only need one more. If he hits me for six, it goes all the way back and then two on my side. You know, and so that's kind of how it works. It's an interesting way to do it. And there's a little bit of thinking involved, that kind of stuff I really enjoy. But what I thought was the coolest is in between. So I, if I win a card game. Uh, then you can look around the room. There are different things that are in the room, but everything's really uh, sh shadowed. Like it's dark. You can't even really see the person across from you. But whoever is across from you is it's kind of a theme. So one of the first people you play is this uh, miner, like a like a coal miner, bearded, freaky, scary teeth and eyes, and all you can kind of see is like this shadow version of just their eyes, and um, so it's moody. It's got it's it's kind of a little bit spooky game. Uh, it's about as spooky as I want to get if I'm going to play the game by myself. So uh, so that's that that part of it is interesting. Uh, but in between each card game, after you beat a boss, so to speak, you there's a there's a story, another story element. So there's a whole story to this game as well. And you'll come to a, a campfire. There's a group of people around it. You can. You have a set of cards that you continue to take through this game with you to each each match. And you can add to your deck after each each match that you have. You get to add a card. You can combine cards. You can improve the stats of a card. Uh, and so uh, it's another card-based game, uh, but not one where I have to actually purchase cards. It's just I can just play the game. I purchase the game. I can play the game. Uh, there are lots of replay value because you can you can win the game multiple ways just by selecting different cards. Um, but it's the story that you're really going through and playing. And the, the, the mechanics uh, are, are a lot of fun, and I'd probably play it anyway just because of the mechanics. But the story is what really ties you in. And so Inscription, $14.99 on Steam. I think you can get it on some other th uh, platforms as well, but I got it on Steam. Uh, was a lot of fun. I absolutely will finish this game uh but five or six hours into it maybe a little bit more than that i really i really enjoyed it so this year it's been one of the best games that i've played by far which is saying a lot for a game from the humble bundle you know <laughs> that's true that's true just one of those games that i would not have given a chance had i not had there not been somebody out there playing it i would have never given it a chance you know? that's funny just too many options you know yeah, that's true. I Listen, I've played quite a few games this year, but nothing really good until I remembered that I never finished a game from a couple years ago that I paid full price for, and then they didn't actually release the game right away, and that was The Walking Dead, the final season. So ah, uh, yeah. That was a game that I bought day one, the whole thing, and then they closed the studio, and then we weren't sure right. we were going to get the game at all, and so I forgot about it for a couple of years, to be honest, I think. 
Um, yeah. And and I gotten to a point in the very first episode where I just couldn't seem to get past it for some reason. Um, but when I came back and and loaded it up again after I checked to see if the game was actually out and it was, um, I was able to get past that point and actually enjoyed as I was sure that I was going to. You know your typical telltale adventure. You know it was nice to see the result of all your you know, many characters of influence on Clementine and the type of person that she turned out to be. Um, and, you know, th the story felt fresh and entertaining, even though it was sort of the same old, same old typical telltale adventure. Um, it was very good. I, I think I finished playing it in like two evenings or something like that. It's not a big game, but it did feel good to finally be able to play it, especially because there for a long time we didn't know if, if it was even gonna come out. So um Yeah, it wasn't, I didn't think. And there was a time when it wasn't gonna come out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that that's my my pick for, you know, joint joint best game of twenty twenty one. It's only because it is nice that they were able to, you know, release it for the people who had paid for it and it, it is the same quality that you would expect of a telltale game. It's just a shame what happened you know, to the studio and, and their employees. That's still, of course, very sad, but uh, it, it is a great title and, and worth picking up if it is a game that you like. Well, I think that's, uh, I will, I don't, I will have to go back and finish that because the, I think, you know, a topic you and I wanted to talk about, or I, I definitely want to talk about is some of the best stories in gaming history, or at least in my opinion, some of my favorite stories in gaming history. And, that uh, series of games, the ones specifically with Clementine, um, from the beginning, and I haven't played the end, but the ones that I've played in between is some of my favorite storytelling in gaming, especially that first first season um, was just, it was up there with the best of the actual television show, you know, uh, that it was just really, it was it was moving. It was, you got connected to the characters. I did not know what was going to happen. I mean, there was just a lot of twists and turns and surprises and, and all in the best way. You know, um, I have two more games that I would like to to suggest because Inscription, as good of a game as it is, I didn't finish it. And I and I can't speak on it being the best game that I played this year, but it is one I highly recommend. If that's if that kind of game sounds we'll, interesting, we'll let me. we'll let it go. We'll let it go. You always that's break right. the rules, so that's no surprise always. here. That's all I do. It's the it's what I am best at um, is breaking the rules. So um, two games that I would say are my best games of the year uh, are are very different games, very different in style. Psychonauts two. Um, a platformer that that has uh, you know was in gestation for over ten years uh, and was not going to make it like just didn't have a place didn't have a home the the people at Double Fine uh, who have I think that they've nailed everything that they've done even Brutal Legend though it wasn't the game that I thought it was when I purchased was a good game you know. Uh, the RTS part of the game, I, I just I didn't get into as much because that's not why I bought the game. I bought the game for the action, uh, you know, the the action adventure portion where you're it's all based in rock and roll. Jack Black is the is the voice. It's just a really good game. Um, but Psychonauts 2 plays on a lot of the mental health tropes uh, introduced in the first game. It's some of the most witty writing and video games that I've ever been I've ever been exposed to, you know, um, 
graphics are great. It's just a throwback to the platforming collectathon type games that were fun, fun to pick up, fun to play. Uh, if you've only got a little bit of time, you can do that. And that's how games used to be, where it wasn't such a time investment that I had to, you know, relearn how to play the game each time I picked it back up. Psychonauts uh, is not, it, I mean, it's challenging and it's got a lot of challenges in it, but there's so much to see. Like every, you know, everything is, everything in the game is either figurative or metaphoric, uh, you know, so, it, you know, it's just on a different level, level intellectually. And uh, those, those type of games are some of my favorite. Those, those type of games where there is a little bit of thinking involved, especially if it's if it's got a good sense of humor, which this one I absolutely does. So uh, Psychonauts 2, uh, an excellent game with an excellent story from a very good studio. Highly recommend. Uh, and you can play it on Game Pass right now. So if you got Xbox Game Pass, you can play it uh, without having to buy it. I'm probably going to buy it on principle at this point, just, just to support... Um, Double fine. I think that they do good work. I've always I've always liked their games and um, like what they put out, even if they're not all the same quality. They're pretty close and, and they do a good job. Psychonauts 2. Did you have another one or, or uh, should I just go on with my last? One? No, you go on with your last. Listen, you're breaking. the. We said two each and now there's suddenly a third. I'm not surprised. Uh, well, and, and to be honest, I've got Stacey three. Reed. I have three others I'm not going to list. Good. But three other games that I liked uh, and played. <laughs> but my favorite game, and if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one game that I would recommend and was my favorite game that I've played this year, the game that I've spent the most time playing would be Hades. Hades is the game uh, that I've spent the most time playing. And to me, uh, I would say is probably, it has to be in, in, in any other platform and, and on other shows in the running for the best game ever uh, or best game this year, maybe not ever, but this year you will be happy to know. And the first time we talked about this game, you may not remember, but this is from the same studio that brought us Pyre. So you already know I'm biased. Yeah, you're in there. Uh, but it is not like Pyre in any way, other than the music style is similar uh, and the art style is similar, similar. So I guess there are similarities there. That's not why I liked Pyre though. Uh, I liked Pyre because of the story, the me the mechanics, and and the interesting characters that they had. This is just a, a really uh, interesting take on on uh, Greek mythology, on the the different players in in uh, Mount Olympus and Hades, and just knowing the characters that that I kind of already already was familiar with from from mythology. This is just a really interesting take on it. And and once you get really deep into the game. They throw a curveball as to what exactly is happening and what's con what's really controlling the underworld, you know. And so there are some underlying things that you're not really aware of at the time. And because you can't die, you constantly—I mean, you will die hundreds of times, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, probably. Um, which sounds like it would be awful and repetitive, but it is not. Uh, it is, it's, it's actually because the gameplay is so fun and they keep it fresh. Every time you die, the people, you walk out of the pool of blood saying, well, that was a waste of time. And then you've got all these characters that are greeting you with a different greeting, like every single time you come back. So it's not like you die and you've got this set of steps you've got to go through again. Dying is a mechanic. 
that whole the death part of it is part of the game and they've built into it uh you know how you advance the plot even though i didn't feel like i got any further in the game just by dying there are new things i can do when i get back to like your base area where hades is so that sounds uh, like how it works for children of morta like when you died new things happen as well right now you don't necessarily advance uh, but because it's like a, it's a roguelite, you know, uh, you every time you go back into the world and you're trying to, you know, you know, get to the next level and, and further the plot, at least in the world, uh, the main, you know, the overworld part, um, it's different. The rooms are different. You know, everything is different. So it's like every time I go into it, that is new. And I think Dead Cells does that. There are a couple other games that have done that in the past. Uh, that are like Metroidvania roguelike games. Uh, this one, you do have multiple weapons. So it is kind of like a, a Vania type uh, where you select a weapon, you can develop the weapon, you can you can improve its stats. Uh, but really, it's up to you and your play style, your, your, you know, what, as to which weapon might be best, as well as when you go from level to level of Hades, you know, there's I guess there's seven or nine levels of hell or whatever. When, as you go up, uh, you different weapons are effective on different levels. So you may find that this weapon's not necessarily as effective as another weapon is. Uh, but you don't know that until you get there. It's a little bit of trial and error. But if the game wasn't fun, none of that would be fun. And to me, the game's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's um, contagious, addictive in a way that. Uh, you know, I can put it down if I want to, but, you know, I always wanted to do one more run. All right, just one more run. Let's just do one more. It's probably going to be short anyway. But uh, so the, if there was a game that I had a hard time putting down because it was fun, Hades was the most fun I've had playing games all year. Just just a highly, highly recommend to me. Definitely the best of 2021. You're not alone. It's got 4.5 stars on Google, which oh, notoriously usually people will express their displeasure on Google. So I think generally people <laughs> like it. You know, a lot of people agree with what you're saying about the gameplay and the visuals and the music and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's super, it's super. Uh, I, I think that you would like it too. I don't always, I, I know I'm not always right about my recommendations because I really want to project my likes onto you. <laughs> This is one I really do think that uh, I think you would like. It's because you don't have to finish it. There's no pressure to finish it. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think there's pressure. I think you could have a lot of fun and be like, all right, I had fun doing that. And I don't have to finish it. I don't have to get to the end and find the end of the story, even though that would be interesting. This is yeah. one where the gameplay is so much, so much fun. I'm not saying that it, that it, that it overshadows the story, but it's right there. I would say like the gameplay is so much fun that the story is just icing, you know? I, listen, sometimes that, I you don't get that but, a lot. by what I like, you know? <laughs> I, <laughs> fair Fast enough. pro fishing comes to mind. Fair enough. I I got nothing on that. I really don't. <laughs> so, so any finishing, closing thoughts on our last show of the year? Well, I'm hoping that we'll have some more games to have a look at next year. There's a couple promising ones on the horizon, so... That's right. And we always talk about those in January. So we'll take a list and, and uh, check it twice and and then go ahead and and, uh, and go through those with the hope that it will be better than it was this year and and uh, more more bountiful. So 
Who knows? Here's to 2022. <laughs> Cheers. Yay. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.